CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? Aw, I'm great, thanks. May I bag your groceries? Oh, you're such a nice young man. Yes, please. And while you do that, I'm just gonna peruse your flowers. Oh, sure, take your time. What did you just say to me? Uh, oh, I, I just said, take your time. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Nobody tells me to take my time. I, I just said... Do you have a death wish, kid? I mean, I know you're young, but are you fucking stupid? I mean, where do you get off the nerve, the goddamn nerve? Look at you, you smug son of a bitch! Uh, oh, uh, what if I told you to take your time? What would you do with it? How would you take it? How much time do you have? Oh, okay, okay, hi, hi, hello, hello, hi, hey, I'm the manager. Oh, I'm glad you're here. You just saved this young man's life. What seems to be the problem? I come here to get my groceries and look at the flowers, not to be told what to do. You know what? You are 100% correct. The customer, which is you is always right, and you are right. I am so sorry for the way that we have treated you today. And to make up for this, I saw you looking at our lovely assortment of flowers here, and on behalf of the company, I'd like to extend to you a complimentary bouquet of your choosing. 
Oh, I like you. You're a real sweetheart. You're saying you'll let moi make a custom bouquet? By all means, help yourself. What did you just say to me? I said, help yourself. Help my In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 24, Teetering Between Giving and Taking. Oh yes, oh yay. How are you doing, my loves and lovelies? Come on in, oh don't you shiver, my dear. We'll have a nice cup of tea and we've got a roaring fire. Don't mind the strange meat that is boiling in those flames. <laughs> Welcome back, my witchy, wonderful friends. This is Alex Rogers, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. Well, welcome back to the show. How'd you hear about us? Was it through online? Did you see us on the store window? Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a nice friend who took you by the hand, looked you straight in the eyes, and said, Are you lonely? Do you want to hear a madman ramble about marginally interesting things? Well, I know the perfect podcast for you. Come aboard! Don't be afraid! Don't be afraid. Ah, oh, the immortal Robin Williams. You know, I I wasn't even thinking about talking about him today, but he just came to mind. And you know, whenever I'm in the dumps, he there, there's a couple of guys out there who I who I tune into when I just need that jump start back into a good flow. Sometimes it'll be Don Rickles. Sometimes it'll be Paul Mooney. And sometimes it'll be Robin Williams. And I gotta say, that was the man who certainly introduced to my ear the very notion of funny. I remember listening to my dad's cassette tape (laughs) of the Good Morning Vietnam soundtrack, which is so cool because that's an every other track kind of deal, meaning... You start with a Robin Williams rambling track, then you go to classic rock and roll of the 60s, then back to Robin Williams, then back to the 60s rock and roll. Back, forth, back, forth, give, take, give, take. And I had no idea what this madcap, magician, wonderful man was even talking about, but I knew it was funny. Not just, you know, looking at my dad and others laughing their asses off, but you also get the the rhythm when you listen to 
the people who get it. And that was such an eye-opener for me. It was definitely like, oh my God. And I started quoting him. I didn't know what the Ho Chi Minh Trail was. I didn't know all those Vietnam references. But I knew what funny was. And definitely owe a lot of my timing and my switching between voices definitely felt uh, more, all the more permissible to me uh, seeing that, um, that blazing star man before me do it. Well, today we are back in the crib. It's been a minute since we did that, eh, long-time listeners? At the grocery store in which I work, (laughs) whenever a family comes up and they got a little one who's just not having it and they're breaking down, they're just like... When you that when you got that going on, <laughs> on more than one occasion, I've looked right at that kid crying. You know, we, we, for the parents' benefit mostly, and I say, "Oh, I know, I know exactly how you feel. I make those exact sounds when the alarm clock goes off in the morning." Mind you, half the time that only makes the kid cry harder, and then the parents go, "Oh, now the fuck, now you have more work to do." Thank you. <laughs> But yes, this is a more intimate setting. We're here in the crib, in the room, and uh, it's good to be uh, back at the home and, uh, and welcome to my home. All that is mine is yours. Put that down. That's priceless. Well, you know, um, boy, I've been listening to a lot of Cliff Martinez music. After talking about those Refn movies last week, woo, I have been listening to the only God Forgives soundtrack, the uh, Neon Demon soundtrack, and gosh, I'm always the last kid to the party, but you know, that's fun sometimes being the last kid to the party of something because, uh, you know, once everyone else dried up what they thought were all the juices, you dig deep and you find there's some pulp that they didn't even get to. And uh, I didn't know that Nicholas Winding Refn did a series only about a year and a half ago uh, for Amazon, and it's called Too Old to Die Young. And bonus fact, it looks like he wrote this with Ed Brubaker. Now, who's he, if you all don't know? Well, I recently became acquainted with his writing because deep into my graphic novel dive, I've been getting into his works as well. He, in collaboration with Sean Phillips, his illustrator, they do some really cool genre stuff, some stuff I can recommend to y'all that I've gotten to so far. And you uber nerds who know better than me, calm yourselves, because you, I'm, I'm not going to say some titles that I know you all are itching to hear me say. <laughs> say criminal, say criminal. Well, I haven't gotten to criminal yet, so calm down. What I have done uh, are some interesting little standouts. Uh, one is called Pulp. I really recommend that one. Pulp is, uh, think about this. If you're an old man, at in the late 1930s, just as World War II is starting to cook up for real, like 1939. If you're an old man in that time, chances are you were alive in your youth when the Old West 
the, you know, cowboys on the horse with your guns and, and maybe even holding up a few trains and banks, that shit was in your immediate memory. Not a movie, not a, a book, not a story someone on the street corner tells you. No, 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 it was part of your immediate memory. And what's cool about Pulp is it's an old writer who is uh, seemingly weaving these Pulp tales uh, to, you know, pay the rent and to make a name for himself. But in fact, he's writing from direct experience because when he was a young man, he held up a lot of trains and banks. And in his old age in New York City, a man who worked for the Pinkertons, and for those of you who remember Deadwood, we hate the Pinkertons, the fucking cocksucking Pinkertons. Uh, well, uh, it's that dynamic that I always love when you see like two old guys who in their youth, they were on opposite sides of the coin. One was perhaps a lawman and the other one was the outlaw. And they spent their youth uh, hunting and evading one another. But now they're salty old dogs who have put down their stirrups and their spurs and their pistols and their, try to think of other objects, well, you know, the accoutrement of the warrior. And... Uh, and now they're just meeting for a drink. And this other old man goes up to the ex-gunslinging old westerner, who's now a pulp writer, and says, Hey man, you know, obviously that old beef is done. I'm not going to try to hunt you down. In fact, I'm kind of amazed at your history of holding up a lot of crazy robberies. Question. <clears throat> Would you be down for one last job? Don't you love that genre? I always love the... Come on, one more job. You were the pro. You were the man. And I know you're in retirement now, but come on. One for the road, one for old times. One more job. So he asks, all right, well, who are we robbing? To which this man replies to him, we're robbing the fucking Nazis. Whoa! And double cool? They don't ship this guy over to Europe to deal with the German Nazis. Oh, no. They're dealing with homegrown red, white, and blue Yankee Joe American Nazis. The guys who will stand up in those old movie theaters when they'd show film, film reels of Hitler walking up and down the avenues of Paris, which he just took over. Can you imagine that? Guys, we in U.S. America sometimes don't fucking get it. Like, we can listen to some old grandparents, if they're, God willing, alive still, who will tell you about World War II. But, you know, you had to leave the continent of North America to go into that action. And, you know, I know it was devastating in Hawaii, but let's keep it real. That was off of mainland USA. We have never dealt with a situation that these guys remember going on then. Paris. If you lived during that time, you saw the Nazis take over. Take over! Like, like, oh shit, they're walking up. Just imagine you're, hi, we're at Third Street Promenade, I'm enjoying my Frappuccino, and oh my god, fascists are for real taking over! And they actually will shoot us if we just happen to be walking. But nevertheless, in that graphic novel, Pulp, there's this little scene where the old gunslinger decides to go to the movies to try to kind of forget all the modern-day horrors that he's seeing arising around him. And sure enough, they're showing that film reel 
before before the pictures start. You know, news of the world. Today, Hitler has gone up the avenues of Paris and he's planning on remodeling the entire city to fit his Nazi image. And then you see some, uh, <laughs> some Caucasian persuasion types who stand up and pump their fists up going, Yeah! Go Adolf! And don't think that didn't happen. It's very easy, G.I. Joe-minded America, to think, well, of course, we were all unanimously anti-Hitler. Don't you fucking bet that. If enough people were down for some recent fascist thoughts going on nationally, and no, I don't have to tell you what's up, you know exactly what I'm talking about, then, uh, believe me, it easily happened less than a hundred years ago. But anyway, after that little wild tangent there, because I started, that's right, we started with a little recap on the Nicholas Winding Refn stuff. Well, I'll tell you this much, you know, um, the Ed Brubaker comics, that pulp, go for that one. Uh, Another series they've uh, recently been doing is called Reckless, which is like, uh, imagine you're Philip Marlowe noir type of genre, but we're in the neon-drenched 80s. Oh yeah, baby. But you know, when I was reading the first issue of Reckless, I was feeling drive vibes all over it. So it makes perfect sense that Ed Brubaker and Nicholas Winding Refn collaborated on something recently. Now here's the deal. Remember how I said in the last episode, you gotta watch sometimes some things later in life because maybe it wasn't ready for you at the time you first saw it. Well, that might be happening to me right now with Too Old to Die Young. (laughs) Because I'm three episodes in and I don't know if I like it or not. I'm kind of teetering between the sides there. Um, It's it's not, you know, it's going at a glacial pace. A lot of staring off in the distance between sentences. Forget sentences, between three words. Are we ready? Beat, 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 yes, beat, 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 I'll meet you in the car, beat, 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 and then Cliff Martinez score. Oof, when you listen to a lot of Cliff Martinez like I have, because by the way, in the soundtrack for Too Old to Die Young, ooh, ooh, juicy, baby. You want electric neon to swim between your ears? Oh, man, it's, it's delicious. But man, you listen to it a lot, especially when you're walking around, you, you just, you feel like you're starting to become the gummy substance that must be flowing between axons and dendrites of a drug-addled mind. Well, how appropriate that I'm on the fence and teetering between feelings about a show that I'm in the middle of. Because... I've been finding myself in life teetering between two worlds that all of us have known from the start. And I am teetering between giving and taking. And I've never been more aware than now of how that is a constant currency that we are waging within ourselves. And 
I'm not trying to qualify one over the other or vilify one over the other, but I am noticing that there isn't enough said about giving, and I'm the last kid in class to learn, but I learn. And I'm starting to learn the true value of giving. Now let's just start elementary, shall we, Watson? Elementary, yes, yes, I'm Sherlock Holmes now. Between cases, I'm deep in a cocaine haze and mellowed out in my cerebral gymnasium. And if you don't believe me, go straight to the source, motherfucker. You'll see right there in Arthur Conan Donut. Arthur Conan Donut? <laughs> I'm Arthur Conan Donut. Come on down. I got a two-for-one in the old fashions and the coffee's for free. Just solve the mystery today. Who took the blue carbuncle? Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes. What are you doing, man? You didn't even come in here to talk about Sherlock Holmes. Why'd you do that? Well, the voice went that way, and now I felt like I had to talk about it. All right, stay focused. Okay. Elementarily speaking, I want to take us back to sort of what brought me to this um, main idea about giving. It goes to an interesting point that... A lot of men, and I do mean men, males, in this world, will oftentimes fuck up, and then some of them, after fucking up, carve their own path towards redemption, and in turn, become admirable warriors of peace. A couple guys I can think of, Joey Diaz, the comedian, Danny Trejo, the actor. <clears throat> now, I kind of feel like it's not even my place to talk about what their criminal histories are. But you should look into it if you are curious, because their stories are pretty fascinating. And something these guys have in common, I think, just me, Alex Rogers talking here, these come off like men who have learned a lot about themselves and about people. And I've been watching a lot of Danny Trejo interviews where he talks about the great things he's doing on a daily basis that are simple and yet profound for all kinds of people that he meets. And you know something, man, I, I in passing once met the guy randomly just coming out of a little cafe restaurant when I was finished there, I was coming out and I just saw him sitting at a table and I don't crowd celebrities when I see them. I don't even necessarily let them know that I know who they are. I try to keep it cool, but he and I made brief eye contact. I kind of smiled and I kind of pointed his way and he smiled and pointed my way and we just had a little, yeah, I see you kind of moment. Beautiful. He didn't know me. But the guy exuded such a sweetness, such a profound, warm wave of, what's up? Hello, how are you? And you know what that cost us both? Nothing. But you know what it gave us both? Everything. And we both gave each other some kindness. Some near wordless, stranger to stranger, kindness. And I've been watching interviews with the man, and Danny Trejo said in quite a few of them, a very simple 
part of his ingredient. I'd say that, you know, I don't believe in uh, that anyone necessarily condenses their life to one single formula for how they make it work out. I believe in ingredients that you apply to your life in different doses each day. But I've noticed an ingredient to his system of making things work out for him is he asks God, the great power above, whatever you want to call it, to allow him to help at least three people every day. Please help me help three people today. What a beautiful thing to ask the great mystery out there, the great hello. That has been inspiring. And not hashtag inspired. No, I mean, truly, like, it's been making me think, wow, there's really not a lot said. We live in a culture where we almost reward people for getting shit. And that almost almost sounded like I said forgetting shit. For getting shit and forgetting shit are almost the same thing sometimes because the more you're just getting without really giving, you're kind of not learning a lesson, so you'll forget quicker than most. But yeah, this is a a flashy culture where the more you get, the cooler you are. And then we often see when people are, are trying to look like they're helpful, it's almost embarrassing. We've seen that. I'm, I care so much, and that's why I'm asking all of you to care with me. See, this is how caring people look. Do you see that close up? Quick, there's a tear coming. I need an Oscar! But giving, that also can be a bit hashtag giving. We don't know what it is, but I have noticed one thing. You know what's amazing? I mean, obviously money, that goes a long way towards actually getting resources directed in focused ways. I absolutely see the value in that, of course. But what about free gifts that we give each other? You know, a smile doesn't cost anything. You know the, okay, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, Us and Them, in that track, about mid to three quarters of the way through, you hear another little soupy moment of voices that they recorded of people who worked in the studio, by the way, fun trivia, all those little muttering voices you hear in that album. People who are hanging around the studio, everything from roadies to doormen to groupies to fellow musicians, everything. And there's one voice that we all know, if you've heard that track a lot, where you hear a guy say, I'm in good manners, don't cost nothing, do they? How right he is. That's a phrase we've all heard to a certain degree. So I've been thinking about that Danny Trejo quote, please let me help three people today, three strangers. Well, you know, I spend a lot of my time right now, as we speak, working at this grocery store. Okay, well, help? Well, you know, the good thing about a grocery store is there's a lot of help already in it, because one of the greatest helps in life is food. So, luckily, the food is right there. Okay, so that part of the immediate help in terms of getting an immediate resource for survival and comfort We got you covered there. 
But I'm not just no chopped liver. In fact, you can get the chopped liver in the meat department. <laughs> thank you, thank you, folks. I'm here all week. No, really, really, I'm, I'm here all week. But if you come up to my register, I'm not going to be some robot and I'm not going to mumble your way. I kind of like to be the guy that you're listening to right now on this show to the stranger that you and I are when we see each other randomly at a checkout counter. Because what have I got to lose? It does not cost me anything to be kind of silly. You know when people ask me uh, how I'm doing? Uh, You know how some people say, I can't complain. I say, I can't complain too loudly. Or I'll say, well, no outward complaining today. Just a little sotto voce grievance underneath my mask. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Boop. Uh, by the way, if you ever hear someone use that word, oh, I, uh, I can't complain too loudly, y'all know where you heard it first. They owe me a certain percentage. Talk to my lawyers. We'll have a ball. Um, yeah, I, uh, I like to make people feel good, I've noticed. And gee whiz, wouldn't, wouldn't we all like to make people feel good? And, you know, I, like I say, the immediate stuff, you know, we got the food, we got you covered there. But just by kind of, I what I my version, basically what I'm trying to get at is I've asked the great unknown, my little personal connection to the great wonder, hey, please help me today make three people laugh. That could be a smile, that could be a giggle, that could be an outright guffaw. Whatever it may be, I've noticed that when I am nice to people when I'm giving them them good manners that don't cost nothing and I'm keeping people giggling ooh it also gives me something I give myself a true comfort and ease when I'm making strangers laugh the anxiety the shadows the demons they are less likely to infiltrate the fortress of my mind. I've been having a really interesting week where a a lot of hours have been required of me, but I haven't let it drag me down. I've been deciding each morning, hey, please help me make three people at least laugh today. And you know what's cool, ladies and gentlemen? Three is a very sweet easy number. And three, good old triangle, has a way of morphing into pyramid shapes where suddenly we get into fourth dimensions and we go beyond the meaning of three, where it ain't one, two, three, and we're done. It becomes an exponential growth of ever-increasing kindness. And new age or not, I do believe in that paying it forward. If I make you feel good, you're going to go out the door and you might make someone else feel good. And I love to be a cynic and shit on people who are being dumb and on things that I roll my eyes at. But you know what? I am not too good for the notion of being just nice. Be nice. I love in Roadhouse, which is one of the... Oh, dude people out there like to 80s deep dive these days watch roadhouse with patrick swayze and my man sam elliott 
you got to watch that movie. It is kick-ass. Uh, I've, I've rarely seen... Uh, th- that movie just is... Ha-ha! Ha-ha! See? Teetering. Teetering, my folks. It is a perfect movie that teeters between just ridiculously stupid and zen handbook for life. And I'm not kidding you. Like golden lessons. And one of them, because Patrick Swayze is a bouncer, he's the king of the bouncers, and he's Captain Cool. He's a dude who wakes up every morning and practices his martial arts, and sorry, honey, I don't have time for sex. I have to read philosophy at the crack of dawn, shirtless in a field. Let's keep it real. (laughs) It's a badass movie, and one of his big philosophies when he's training the other bouncers is, hey guys, be nice. Golden rule. Be nice. Be nice. Ain't nothing fucking wrong with that. Because you know what also don't cost nothing? Being nice. And I, I'm learning that, folks. Y'all have heard me disparage on some people on this show. And I'm always going to because I'm out here to slay the stupid. Or at least what I view to be stupid. And to slay the silly. And, and... I will slay the overly smart who are too smart for their own good, but only through comedy, never through any actual slaying. And in between all of those jabs and punches, I'd like to be a warrior of light, and I've just noticed that, hey, even through that ridicule, we can cause a lot of good laughter. Because, hey, he, 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 look at us. We're so silly. This whole thing is ridiculous. Come on now. Look at us. We're not out hunting. You just picked up some food, and I'm here going beep, beep, beep. And then we exchange a few words, and look at that. That part had nothing to do with money. It was still a transaction, but it was on equal terms, and we both are fuller from it. My cup runneth over. And so I have been catching myself a lot in life having that little... Mm. it's that neediness where I even catch myself using vocabulary. I need to get something. I don't, how come I don't get things? I want to get, get, even the word get sounds very juvenile. I don't get, I don't get it. I don't get, get, get. Give, baby. And, you know, I, I hope to keep this up because we'll see how I do. Maybe next week I'll be like, I'm not getting anything. Uh, but <laughs> right now, I'm really digging this feeling. And, um, you know, for me, it's making people laugh. And I, I, I really don't try to, like some annoying, like, come on, time to laugh. But, I, but it is, though, my interest. It's something I like to do. You know, there, there's, there's, there's a, a way of life that I enjoy. And that may not be your way of life. Matter of fact, another episode, I want to talk about how a little righteous I can get in my mind and start believing that everyone ought to be the way I am. <laughs> Some of you have listened to me long enough going, yeah, we know. It's pretty obvious. Jesus Christ. Uh, but <laughs> Nevertheless. Whatever you find to be your free transactional way of giving to those who you don't know, who are strangers. Oh, oh my God, strangers? Yes, my friends, those who you've never met are a lot more like you and I than we ever really 
actually think. And in those moments, whatever you find to be yourself, I'm wishing for you that freedom and evidence to see truly with your own eyes and senses that wonderful and simple and free feeling of bringing some levity, some joy, and, dare I say, a chuckle or two between yourself and those you meet. I wish you the freedom to give of yourself. And I'll say one more thing. Y'all who have been tuning in and listening to me each week, it has fed me. My cup runneth over. Doing this podcast weekly allows me to go to my J-O-B and not let that be my I-D. Do you S-E-E? So from the bottom of my heart to the top of my mind, I say unto thee, thank you for your time, thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.